This is this is a first for us. An inaugural Tuesday episode. Not only is it a Tuesday episode, this might be the first time, I think it is the first time we ever had episodes air back-to-back days. Absolutely. And we're going to do it five times this week. Yeah. That's amazing. Mondays, I hope you guys are in for it. Mondays typically don't occur back-to-back. They don't And typically. until now, we've only aired episodes on Mondays. I'm pretty sure it's only ever been on Mondays, yeah. right? So here you go. That is the joy and the mystery of Micropods. If you weren't with us yesterday, go back and listen to Micropod number one and learn about Meta so that you understand what we're doing. We're doing Micropods. It's new. These right. are bite-sized chunks of podcasts <laughs> that you can listen to on your short commute uh, or just, you know doing whatever you do, whatever it takes 10 to 15 minutes. Every time you use the term bite size, I get that much hungrier. That much hungrier. <laughs> well, it is morning again, so you know, you should just, you know, go eat after this. I, we're that's only what I did for yesterday. Like 15 minutes, right? Yeah. So, uh, we're excited to be with you guys again continuing this Micropod series. Now, these uh, podcast episodes this time, now maybe in the future they will, but this time they have nothing to do with each other. They're five individual podcast random topics or events that we're talking about and so today we're going to be talking about the frisbee the frisbee the frisbee and flying discs in general really uh. so the frisbee is a plastic flying disc toy that has been around for over 70 years do you know that agreed it's a long time it exists in various forms from cheap dollar store models to you know the official size and weight ultimate frisbee discs yeah i had one when i was a kid that had a picture of a dog on it it was like a dollar Right. Yeah, yeah. You can get a, people give them away for things. They don't fly well necessarily, or you can get the legit ten, twenty dollar ones. Uh, you know, at the sporting goods store that you use to play ultimate frisbee. Right. Uh, but they also go all the way to disc golf putters, mid range drivers, all of those. Nice. How did we get the frisbee that everyone knows and loves today? Well, that's what this micropod is all about. I just assumed there was a guy named Mister Frisbee. Close, actually. So I did the research. I put it in. This is going to be a very brief and summarized chronology and history of the frisbee but here we go the original flying disc toy is credited to a man named frederick morrison that's not frisbee it's not but we're getting there so he and his future wife would toss around popcorn can lids whatever those looked like in the 30s oh uh and cake pans for fun during the 30s right you didn't have anything i don't know when did the great depression happen the the late twenties. Okay. Late twenties, early thirties. So yeah. this this is what adults young adults did in the thirties who were kids during the depression. Right. They threw around cake pans for fun. Hey right? man, you gotta love stump something, right? Right. And now they were doing this on the beach once they were throwing around their cake pan toy and they were offered twenty five cents for it. And in nineteen thirties money, that's like a thousand dollars. Is it? Maybe not quite, but it's more than what a cake pan tin costs, okay. right? And so when that happened, they, they're like, man, there might be a market for this, yeah. this flying toy, right? So a side note, Frederick Morrison, he served in the Air Force in World War II and was actually a prisoner of war for 48 days. I don't know if that assisted him in the designing of his toy, but in 1948, with the help of an investor, he produced a molded version of his first design that he called the Flying Saucer. No G, Flying 
Flying saucer. Flying saucer. And it did not sell well. No. <laughs> not at all. So he redesigned it in 1955, and he called it the Pluto Platter. Much better branding than the Flying Saucer, right? Right. The Pluto Platter. But you did but stick with the outer space theme. It's alliterative. It is. Well, I was going to ask, Flying Saucer, when when did he invent this? What year? Um, That would be in 1948 is when he produced the first version of it. Oh, like... I'm just wondering, like, when we started calling, you know, alien spacecraft flying saucers, because... Right. When did Roswell happen? Like 1948, 1949, something like... Or 47, maybe? I wonder if there's a parallel there. I don't don't know. know. I don't. I don't know. Topic for another micropod. Topic for another micropod. So he redesigned it in 55, called it the Pluto Platter, and in 1957, he sold the rights of the Pluto Platter to the Whammo Toy Company. Right. Whammo soon changed the name of the Pluto Plasber... Pluto Plasber, the Pluto Platter, to the Frisbee. Okay, now the reason why, and this is what's so interesting, where they where they just come up mm-hmm. with the name Frisbee, right? The reason why is because they learned that college students were calling their Pluto Platter by that name. And the reason why is because uh, Frisbee is derived from uh, the pie company that's called the Frisbee Pie Company. Frisbee spelled a little differently. Right. But there was a pie company called the Frisbee Pie Company that sold pies to Yale University. Mm-hmm. The students would buy the pies or eat the pies, and then they would take the empty pie tins and toss them around. And on the bottom of these pie tins was the branding, like, Frisbee Pie Company. Right. So they called those Frisbees, and then they would call the Pluto Platters that Whammo was producing Frisbees as well. Wow. So, yeah. So I don't know that this is meta, but this is what it is. I mean, that's like almost a meta way to name your product just call it what what people <laughs> would call, call it, it what intuitively. Other people call it. it's 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 brilliant marketing right? yeah absolutely hey people already call it this let's just roll right that. now so now we get to my favorite guy in history and really the reason i wanted to do this this episode steady ed hedrick steady ed old steady ed ed hedrick known fondly as steady ed amongst disc sport enthusiasts is known as the father of modern day frisbee and the sport of disc golf. So he didn't actually invent the the flying saucer plastic disc. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ed loved working with toys. He was hired on at Whammo Toys, and one of actually one of his first jobs was trying to find something to do with the leftover hula hoops after the <laughs> the hula hoop craze was over. <laughs> they just had stockpiles. They of made hula too hoops. many. They made too many, <laughs> wow. and I actually didn't find if he did something with them or not. Maybe he just rebranded them and brought the hula hoop craze back. What a pile. But that was one of his first jobs. He worked his way up to the head of R&D, right? The head of research and development. And he took the Pluto platter, the Frisbee design, and uh, he reworked it, uh, reworked the design, and then Whammo got a, he and Whammo got a patent for it. It it belonged to Whammo, not him. But he was the one, he was the visionary who took that design. like, I think we can make this into something bigger than what it is. So this guy was a visionary, right? He saw this toy as having potential to be something more than just another beach toy. Okay. So he began marketing it heavily, uh, showing trick shots, games, and sports that you could play with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, he founded the IFA, which is the International Frisbee Association, I, which I had never heard of. I haven't um, either. It, apparently, at one time, it had over eighty-five thousand members. Well, it sounds real. It it was real. <laughs> um, Ed personally competed in many different types of frisbee sports and competitions, uh, which led to him walking through parks with frisbees with his friends, and them just creating impromptu. Object courses, trying to hit things like tar- uh, like targets, you know. This is starting to sound familiar. We're, we're, we're building to something. 
So he's they're throwing frisbees at like signs, trees, trash cans, whatever. They're from long distance, just saying, "Hey, that's the target. Let's see how many times it takes us to get there and to hit it." Right. Right. So he even with his friends at one point snuck onto golf courses at night to play rounds of golf with their frisbees. Okay. It, illegal but fun. Illegal but fun. We don't condone illegal activity. Of course. But. You know, in the 1950s or 60s, you know, it is what it is. Right. So Ed's new passion became Frisbee golf. And I'm calling it that for a very specific reason, okay? Mm-hmm. So he saw potential for a whole new sport, right? Right. And he, this dude's a visionary, and he's like, listen, man, this is, he, he's kind of a one-hit wonder. He's working for a toy company, but he's, he, but he's all about it. He's passionate, right? Sure. So sure. he's not just like, I only got one idea in the tank. He's just like, no, let's like do this. Let's change the world. Right. With, with a Pluto platter. With the Pluto platter, which became the Frisbee, right? Now, Whammo didn't share Ed's passion or vision for Frisbee golf. Sure. Uh, in 1975, 22 years after the patenting of Whammo's Frisbee, uh, Ed left Whammo. His tenure ended with them. He left to focus all his efforts on the new sport, obviously, because... Whammo owned the name and patent for Frisbee. He couldn't use that term, and so uh, he rebranded it Disc Golf. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he didn't rebrand it. It wasn't official yet, so he named the sport Disc Golf, right? So in 1976, just the, the next year after he left Whammo, uh, Ed and his son Ken started the first Disc Golf company called simply DGA, Disc Golf Association, mm-hmm. right? And so the whole point of the DGA would be to produce discs and targets that would standardize and formalize the new sport. Um, in 77, he invented the first chain basket type target for disc golf, as many of you may have seen in parks today. Um, the patent for that was under the name Flying Disc Entrapment Device. That sounds awesome. I know, right? <laughs> and the trademarked name was simply Disc Pole Hole. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you were to order some of these flying disc entrapment devices for your park t- to put in a disc golf park, right? You would need roughly nine or eighteen disc pole holes. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also founded the PDGA, which is the Professional Disc Golf Association. Through that, they established the official written rules for the sport. Uh, the PDGA would serve many functions, formalizing the sport mainly by establishing a dues-paying membership program. Um, so the PDGA today has over 130,000 members worldwide. Each member gets a lifetime membership number, and they pay their dues every year. I am a member, so my name or my my name my name is Kale Horvath. <laughs> my PDGA number is one zero nine two four five. So and he didn't look at anything when he said that. Not at all. Ten ninety two forty five. That is that's me. That's my identity in the disc golf world. Right. All right. <laughs> uh, Steady Ed, and this is what we're building to. <laughs> Steady Ed was and remains today number zero zero one, which means Corey that he was number one. He was number one. He was number one, and he today he is number one. Still Steady Ed. Steady Ed. Right. He was number one. He donated uh, the trademark term disc golf to public domain. Which mm-hmm. I think is just, I don't know if it was a jab at Whammo or not, you know, right. because Frisbee is trademarked and can't be used on products. But Disc Golf, he donated to the public domain. Uh, Steady Ed passed away in 2002 at the age of 78. And maybe the coolest little tidbit about this whole story is that per Ed's wishes, his ashes were added to the plastic of a limited run of discs that were given to family and friends, and some were sold at auction for charity. Oh, so even today, Steady Ed is flying through the air. 
That's a little morbid. In the form of a disc. <laughs> yeah, and actually, you can find a short, like, three-minute video online about it. It's literally a Ripley's Believe It or Not video. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it talks about the guy who invented disc golf wanted his ashes put in the plastic of discs. Huh. And so his family and friends and some charity do, auction. Do other people do that? Like, is there a chance I own discs that have people's ashes in them not unless you paid a lot of money okay for it. good <laughs> <laughs> i was i was actually i pulled that up when i was looking it up for this episode and brooke was like he did what now <laughs> yeah. and she's like who would want that and i'm like i would buy one right now if i could and i mean she's like that's disgusting i i share her reaction like <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story of the frisbee and of flying discs and the sports and we didn't really get into ultimate frisbee as a sport right, that, right. that could be its own thing i'm sure sure um but yeah what do you think about that Corey? I I'm just glad that people had the vision and passion and saw it as more than just a toy. Like it's it's we owe it all to Steady Ed. Apparently. For the love of disc golf. Yeah. I mean, I've made a lot frisbee. of friends with disc golf and fris- right? and ultimate frisbee, you know, like it's Absolutely. And it wouldn't have been possible but we had can it never not been forget for the Pluto platter. Frederick Morrison and his Pluto platter because although he's not as famed as Steady Ed Hedrick, he he was the beginning. He's the one who Absolutely. saw those flying cake tins. As the capitalist that he was, a venture business. Were, were I president of the PDGA, mm-hmm. if there is such a position, I would probably... There is. It's actually an elected official. Did of you know course. that? No, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. So it's it's not a hired official. It's an elected official. Well, were I the, the president, membership. I would retroactively mm-hmm. dub Fred Morris 000. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a really good... If any of you guys in the PDGA are listening... I think that Frederick Morrison should be 000. I mean, if Steady Ed gets to be 001, as he rightfully should be. Sure, always number one. We should nod somehow to Frederick Morrison. Although, even though that's before 001, it's also not a flattering title to of be course. zero. Of course. <laughs> it's not, but hey, it's all it's we not got, better right? than or worse than number one. No. Like, number two is clearly worse than number right, one. of course. But number zero, it's more of a, a symbolic gesture. It's symbolic. Absolutely. I agree totally. So... Posthumously. That's the word oh, I'm looking for. Good word. Thank you. Posthumously. Posthumously. <laughs> <laughs> However you pronounce it in your region and dialect. Yes, correct or incorrect. Well, we hope you guys learned something. Hope you enjoyed your time on this second edition of the Micropods. Yeah, I know I have. Tune in tomorrow for the next Micropod. See ya!